Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. I'm Mark McGinnis. If you want to be better at sales and land appointments with your ideal clients, then this podcast is perfect for you. In this episode, we hear from Joe Mickliff. Joe is an ex-Aussie banker who now specializes in sales coaching and training for bankers in the USA. Joe and I go way back to the good old sales ITV days where we were working with the legend Dean Maddox. So there's a lot of commonality in the way that we train and the way that we think about sales. I'll just pause here because I want to remind you, if you haven't heard Dean's episode of the podcast, look it up. Basically, it's the how-to guide for running your very own sales kickoff. Perfect for teams of all sizes and excellent if you're an individual contributor or even in sales enablement and are looking for kickoff structures. Okay, back to Joe. So Joe's got a couple of really simple ways to coach and train his clients and he shares those with us in this podcast. They are the 3M model and the 3C model. Now, no matter where you are on your personal sales journey, I challenge you, if you run this exercise inside your business, you will see a marked improvement in the quality of your prospecting and or in your team's prospecting. Before we jump into this episode, let me share something with you. If you want to get access to some sales skills or sales tactics for free, that's 100% A-OK. All you need to do is jump across to my LinkedIn profile, and if we're not connected, then let's connect. And you'll see right there in my featured section, there are always some great things absolutely free for you to grab and put to work straight away. It could be free training, a webinar, an infographic, or maybe some free downloads, whatever. If you want something more often and something that's a little bit more up-to-date, then your best bet is to subscribe to my fortnightly newsletter where I share the best sales strategies I've found during that two-week period. I don't spam you. It's just one email, once a fortnight, nothing more. I have over a 1,000 sales professionals getting that as of today, so feel free to join them. To gain access to that, simply go to markmc.co. Now, let's go and hear from Joe Mikulov. This week, I'm joined on the Boss Podcast by Joe Mikulov. Joe, welcome to the Boss Podcast. G'day, Mark. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you. How are you? Great. Long time no speak. We've got a, a friendship that goes back quite a few years, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. We used to catch up like at least once or twice a year. I'm living over here in the US now, so I've been here for quite some time. But when I started this journey as a professional coach, I was fortunate enough to meet Mark McGuinness through his relationship with Dean Mannix at Sales ITV. So we're both students of the Sales ITV platform. And since then, Mark and I have maintained a, a close relationship. So certainly a mentor of mine, big fan, Mark. So love, love your work. And you're mine as well. Joe, like I love the way that you've been so successful in another country. A lot of people would have found that really daunting or a bit challenging. And here you are, you know, an Aussie from Sydney that's gone out, you know, from the suburbs of Sydney that's gone out and done very, very well. And I'd love you to share that. I mean, you've had a really successful banking career, not as a banker, but as a senior. So can you share with the listeners a little bit about maybe that journey where you've come from and and how you've ended up in in the US? Yeah, absolutely, Mark. And 
Mate, I've never taken any shortcuts. I've always done it the tough road. So yeah, it's a 30-year career in banking. I, I started with one of the major banks and then I joined this little bank called Macquarie Bank. Was a little bank in the sort of the mid-90s and Macquarie had no, absolutely no presence in Western Sydney, which is where I was born and raised. So that was my first foray into sales and prospecting and business development. Went out to Western Sydney, nobody knew Macquarie Bank. We were known as the expensive bank, and very quickly we grew a portfolio of $200 million in lending and $150 million in deposits within three years. Now, in banking circles, that's pretty phenomenal, so love that. And then I had an opportunity. I came back into downtown Sydney or into the city. You could tell I've been living overseas, back into the city, and I helped Macquarie, especially its relationship banking area, develop its business development skills right? It's business development strategies. Whereas before it was like, hey, we manage a few clients, we get a few referrals, and it was that slow, steady growth. Well, suddenly we had this sharp growth. Successful once again. And then they tapped me on the shoulder and said, uh, hey, Joe, we've just bought this business in Canada. That's flatlining. Can you get over there and see if you can generate some business development spark? And I did. That was in 2010. Same thing again, mate. It was all about prospecting. And that's what I've learned is a lot of bankers just don't know how to proactively develop business development strategies or proactively engage clients. But I learned very quickly that if you want to create a sales culture, you need to create a coaching culture first. And that's what I did in Canada for a few years. Again, turned around this business that was flat riding just by coaching my team on how to be better at prospecting, better at engaging clients, better at having meetings. And then I met and fell in love with an American girl. That's a whole other story. And moved to the US. And that's when I thought, you know what? I love this coaching gig. And in the US, mate, we've got 5,000 banks over here in the US. So, <laughs> mate, I arrived not knowing anybody, not knowing anyone, no contacts. And I started with a clean sheet of paper. And again, I just put those skills into place. And I love work with bankers today and helping them develop these prospecting skills. So you're really unique in the coaching and the training space. In the, I can't think of anybody that is just so focused on one sector. You have people, you know, like Dean, for example, he's excellent at training financial services, but he also trains solar and he does some other things. You know, I do financial services, but I also do IT. I do you know, business services. So you just do financial services and even narrower than that, don't you? Like you've got some geographical boundaries that you're operating. Tell us about what they are and why. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years and by in, when in my bank, business banking career and even in my career in Canada was to specialize. I always specialized in specific markets. And as you and I know, when you specialize, you can create tremendous value for the industries you specialize in, right? I mean, that's the secret. Isn't that the key to prospecting? So when I arrived, I was going to be this sales coach and I started talking to all different types of businesses. And I said, well, hang on, how am I creating value besides being this energetic guy with a weird accent in the US, which drew a crowd, I can tell you. I realized that, hang on, I've got this 30-year career in banking. And as I started speaking to bankers, I recognized that they've got some serious challenges over here. They're highly reactive. And I, you know, I'm not shy about saying that because I know a lot of my banking contacts will watch and listen to this podcast and they're reactive. They're waiting for people to walk into the branch, waiting for people to walk and make the phone to ring, or maybe they'll get some introductions from their clients. And so when I recognized that was a big problem, I thought, mate, there's 5,000 banks here. 
you know, there's 5,000 banks here. So if I understand the industry really well, understand their challenges really well and can provide solutions to those challenges, then why do I need to broaden? But, you know, you and I know, mate, perversely, by looking after these banks, some of these commercial bankers will say, hey, Joe, I've got a client that's really struggling with sales. Can you do a presentation for them or do a workshop for them? So I get some introductions to other industries, but banking, there's just so much opportunity here. And you talk about geographic. I live in the Midwest. So the real heart of the US. So that covers about 15 states and a lot of states with a lot of banks and they all need help. And last year, quite frankly, they closed up over here. All the branches closed. And so now as they've been reopening, they've, they've realized, hey, we got to get better at this prospecting thing. How do we re-engage with our customers and our prospects? So my business has been soaring for me, zooming as, as you can say, because of that. There's a need. I understand the market. I've had success in that space, plenty of opportunity. Why wouldn't I want to focus? Well, I'll tell you why a lot of people wouldn't focus is because they would look at the possible opportunities to be training everywhere else and they get greedy. And this is a mistake. I think what you're doing is absolutely perfect because most salespeople, most business leaders think we could widen our our offering and capture more people. And when you do that, you stop being Joe Mickle of the financial services and the Midwest banking expert and you become just another trainer and you've got to compete with everybody. My bet is that, and I don't know, but my, my bet is you're competing against very few people in your market. You know, most people would consider Joe the go-to guy for what it is that you do. And that's because you've been able to carve out that niche or niche, as you guys like this over there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Hold on. There's 12, there's 12 state banking associations now that I'm their sales coach. I'm their sales and service guy, right? And so, you know, there's a few other players out there. There is, is in this space and some wanting to get in this space, but they go, hey, you know, Aussie Joe, that bank, great speaker, great coach. And so I get the referrals just come pouring in and that's been in a little period of only five years because of that focus. You know, so yeah. you do have a very strong character, like a very strong presence too. I think that helps. So, yeah, mate, it scares them too, but that's yeah. okay. It, it wakes them up. It wakes them up, and then they're afraid to not do their field exercises with me. I, you know, because I, I, I call them out. So, no, it's great. I enjoy it. I love it. Yeah, and you do a good job. So, I've been over there. I've seen you applying. I've walked with you. You know, we've done some presentations together in the states, and you know, I know how much they love you. You do a terrific job. Cheers, mate. I love what you said there about being reactive because I think that's the same regardless, you know, like right now there's a lot of people in, in sectors going, we need to press the go button on our sales. Even here in Australia where we're, we're not as affected by COVID as what some other places are, we're still being very reactive, you know, so that proactive piece is really important. So, so many of the people miss that and just expect the phone calls to come in and it makes it very hard. Well, it's the biggest difference between, as I say to bankers, it's the biggest difference between being a service provider and a finance professional. And today, businesses like your target market, they want a finance professional, right? A lot of it, the pandemic was a great, you know, it's a, been a horrible time, but it's been a great opportunity for bankers to outreach. You know, I've been saying over here in the US, bankers are the economy's first responders, right? Because you're getting out there and you're helping these businesses, like help resurrecting these businesses or helping them achieve their vision. So the only way you're going to do that is be proactive, right? That one word is the biggest difference between sales mediocrity and sales success is being proactive. Love it. So you've got a model that you use to help finance professionals with their prospecting. So I want to unpack that a little bit and share with the audience. So it's called the 3M model, right? Yep. 3Ms, three for Mark, three for Mikolov. 
You know, you've written a great book about it. I'm a, a genuine fan of the book, as you know. I've shared it with a number of my clients as well. But prospecting is one of the biggest challenges. You know, I even got a phone call from a banker today saying, uh, you know, my boss is on my back. I've got to ramp up my prospect meetings. I need your help, Joe. And the first thing I thought was, why isn't your why isn't your boss helping you, right? And so that's a whole other story that you and I talk about, the, the need for consistent coaching. But prospecting, prospecting is still, you know, the biggest challenge for all salespeople, let alone bankers, especially bankers have been reactive. So what I've tried to do is simplify it. Whenever I provide coaching around prospecting, I talk about this 3M process. And again, taking inspiration from all the sales people that I've worked with and learned from over the years, but I've just tried to keep it simple. And 3M stands for motivation, message, and method. Motivation, message, and method. So if you're thinking about who you want to outreach to, right, who you want to connect with, who you want to meet, because that's ultimately what we're trying to achieve, right? Put your target list together. Uh, people with you know common industry or some common challenges, whatever it may be, and think about what would motivate them to want to meet with you. What would motivate them to want to meet with you? So it's not your motivation. Man, how many times have we you know heard that mistake being made? We see it all the time. Such a common look. I just like to. Uh, I'm, I'm Joe Blow from ABC Bank, and I'm just reaching out because I'd love to learn more about your business. Well, that's what you want, not what they want. You know, we've heard that mistake so many times. What would motivate a target, a prospect to want to meet with you? And I've got some theories around that, and we'll talk about that in a second. But then once you understand that motivation, you truly understand why they'd be interested in meeting with you because you understand their industries and their challenges and their goals. Put a message together around that motivation. Put a message together. And this is what you talk about in the book, mate, when you talk about content, right? So what does your script look like or the attachments? Like what is that message that you're sending out? And the last one is method, which is your channels in your book. You can tell I've read it, right? <laughs> is method. So what method are you going to use? And, you know, for goodness sake, don't just use one method. You know, there's several methods you should be using over a period of time. So understand their motivation. What would motivate them to meet with you? How do you put that into a message? And then what do you use? What's the method you're going to use, the channel, as you say, to get that message out there? So 3M, and when I break it down as simple as that, it, the light bulbs go off for a lot of bankers and they go, oh, okay, I come out. And the toughest bit really is the motivation part. They just got to sit back and forget, you know, stop thinking about you and really think about them. Yeah, okay. So I like it because it's really simple and straight away I'm thinking, you know, my five pillars has got too, too many. <laughs> so well, well done. <laughs> so the motivation piece. So it's interesting. When you first said that, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, it's all about, you know, motivation. It's all about me, but you're, What's their motivation to engage with us? Is your outreach getting you labeled as a spammer? What once worked in B2B outbound doesn't work anymore. The goalposts have moved, and so must your approach to sales. Sure, you might land an odd conversation or even a reply to an odd cold email, but is it scalable? Will it provide you with enough revenue to hit your yearly goals? Having worked with sales teams all over the world, we see what works and what doesn't. Our new POW coaching program provides sellers with access to the very best training available today. It doesn't matter if you're a team of 50 or a team of one. We have flipped traditional sales training on its head and allow you to learn in your own time and still get the important coaching help that you need. 
Grab all the details at markmc.com slash pow. So can you give us an example of, you know, the sorts of things that finance professionals should be talking about to create, you know, to tick that box? Yeah, so a line I like to use with a lot of my clients, a lot of bankers, is I say to them, it's not about contacting as many people as possible and hoping to get a meeting. It's about making yourself tremendously valuable to the people you want to meet. So know who you want to meet first, right? So whether it's a manufacturing clients, whether it's small business clients, whether it's millennials, you know, we, we know there's all these in, these targeted groups. And it's funny that you and I open this conversation by talking about specific industries and having a specific target market. So think about who you want to meet. And a lot of bankers will say, you know, small businesses, Joe, any small business. And I said, okay. So what would motivate them to want to meet with you? And here's a little thing I use. It's called my three C's. I love my three M's and my three C's. And it's simple as this. When you're thinking about what would motivate them, think about a concern they have about banks. What's a concern small businesses have about banks? Charge a lot of fees. I'm not really getting any value. They don't understand my business. They don't offer me any um, guidance on efficiency. So what's a concern? Secondly, what's a crime? What's a crime being committed? right, by those businesses. And now I'm not talking about illegal activity, right? I'm talking about they just, they're not using online banking. They're not leveraging the equity in their business. They haven't developed a succession plan for their business. So there's all these crimes being committed by these businesses that are not enabling them to grow. And then the last thing I think I say when you're thinking about a motivation is what's a crisis that's impacting that industry? What's a crisis that's impacting the industry? So manufacturing firms, they're they're struggling to retain skilled labor at the moment, right? Manufacturing firms are struggling to retain skilled labor. Look at the restaurant industry and the crisis. Yes, we could talk about the pandemic, but there's lots of other mini crises that are happening. So as a banker or any salesperson, if you can think about your target market, what's going to motivate them? Well, what's going to motivate them is if you can express some knowledge about concerns they have about your industry, uh, crimes that's preventing them from being more profitable and growing, and crisis that may be impacting their business, and share that with them and let them know that you've got some strategies to help them, why wouldn't they want to meet with you? That sounds like a lot of great motivation there, right? And it's all about them. It's not about you. Yeah, I love that. That's a really easy way for you to, any salesperson, to sit down, write down those three C's and go, what's happening right now? So that's really clever, Joe. I love that. I really do. And just to be clear, you know, if, if you're listening to this now and you're not a banker in the Midwest, give this a go. This is going to work, you know. So these strategies are absolutely going to be applicable to, to you. You just need to use your language instead of the banking language. But now let's keep pushing on. So is that does that tick the motivation box? Yeah, yeah, it does, mate. And, mate, thanks for clarifying that. It does. It, whatever industry. Like that, those three Cs work for you and I, mate. So, you know, just think about if you're a salesperson, whatever industry you're in, just think about what do your potential clients don't like about, you know, your kind. So even sales coaches like you and I, when I reach out to banks, prospect to banks, and I want to talk to them about sales coaching, their sales coaching needs, I think, okay, what did banks or any client dislike about sales trainers? Oh, it's not sticky. We've done it before. It doesn't work. We know that. We know they have that. It's too expensive. So then we think about, okay, how do we make sure we overcome those concerns for them? So it can be any industry, mate. Absolutely. 
And yeah, that's it. That's motivation. I know you're a big advocate of coaching, and so am I. I mean, these skills without anybody helping you to get them to stick, you know, the chances of them sticking are very, very low if you don't have somebody to hold, hold your hand across the execution piece. So I'm keen to talk about that at a later stage. So the second piece was message, yeah? Yep. Give it to him. What do you got? How does that work? Yeah, so as you and I know, it's uh, once you've figured out that motivation, so whatever it may be, it could simply be that the small business that you're targeting is struggling to retain staff and that you offer solutions that can help them retain their staff, grow their staff, energize their staff, whatever it may be. You now got to structure a message around that. And as you and I know, it's about using influential language. And so make sure your message isn't too long, but it's also not too short. Make sure your message has got a simple call to action. And most importantly, make sure there's a, there's the, that there's value in it, that you're demonstrating credibility and then highlighting that there's by contacting me, I'll be able to give you some guidance and ideas on how you can absolutely retain your staff. Or again, whatever the motivation may be. You and I are fans of, you know, Robert Caldini and persuasion and using weapons of influence, as is our buddy Dean Mannix. That book, that concept, the six weapons of influence makes perfect sense. And I know you talk about it in your book as well. So couldn't agree more. Your message, your script should include that kind of influential language. You know, you can use social proving. I've been speaking to a number of my clients lately have all been struggling with retaining staff. And we've been sharing some strategies on some simple, these three simple things they can do, you know, to make it better. I love to share those strategies with you. You know, things like that, right? You can tell I've learned from the best, buddy. So simple things like that. But what a lot of people do is they just forget this call to action. Even if that call to action is, you know, interested in learning more, right? Nothing more. Or this is now your third or fourth attempt, right? I'm a big fan of the prospecting cadence, as you say. It's not just one attempt. I'll talk about that method in a moment. But yeah, you, you just got to make sure that your message aligns to the motivation. Once again, it's about them. Not too long, not too short. And there's some value in it. Even if that means that message includes, here's information that we've been sharing on five simple ways or three simple ways to retain your staff or to energize your staff. Or you invite them to an event. So how are you finding your call to actions? Like I found that, you know, if I ask too much too early or if my clients ask too much too early, it, it sort of lands a bit flat. So I'm wondering, you know, what, what CTAs are you putting in or are you asking your clients to put in their outreach and does it vary the fur- as you get further along, you know, or do you – like just tell me a little bit about that if you would mind. What do we want? We want a meeting. Isn't that ultimately what we're trying to do here, right? So you've got to create value and you've got to be someone that they want to meet. So it's a great point, mate. As long as you focus that call to action as how do I get that meeting, then it can be anything like, you know, interested in your thoughts. Is there any strategies you'd like to share? There's a number of things we, we do. I do try to ask for that meeting up front. Sometimes it's just simple as, you know, my first cadence may simply be or prospecting outreach may simply be a LinkedIn connection, right? So what's the call to action? Let's just connect on LinkedIn. So sometimes the call to action is an invite to an event. Like what are the favors you can do? And is your call to action aligned to a favor? So the call to action should do a couple of things. One, boost your credibility to show that you are someone that can create value and add value, do favors, and then ultimately ask for a meeting. So if, if you're outreaching four to six times, right, if not more, right, but if you're outreaching, then I would say at least half of those, in my opinion, should be a request for a meeting. And I look forward to having a meeting with you. 
Okay. Yep. Lovely. So that makes really good sense. And of course, I love the weapons of influence stuff. If you're not using them, people learn them, use them. It absolutely increases your response rates, gives you a really easy system to work to so that you know that what you're asking for is client-based. You should almost do a full podcast on weapons of influence. Yeah. Especially if you use a combination, right? And that's the whole point. If you use a combination of them, they work. And we do lots of scripting around that. But not all six at once. That's going too far. No. <laughs> I think I've got no, last up, I think I've got enough to fool. <laughs> so last one was method, right? So hit us with that. Yeah, it's like what you say in your book. And you know, folks, if you think I'm, you know, overly plugging the book, he hasn't paid me for this. I'm a, I'm a true fan. And the reason being is because this stuff works and so does using different methods or different channels. Okay. So it's not, you know, one outreach, one and done. It doesn't work that way. So create a cadence. And I just mentioned a LinkedIn connection. That's one method, right? Then there's a LinkedIn message. Then there's email. If you get their email address, I advise them to sign up for my newsletter to get regular free material that they can use to coach their staff. But I always say one of the methods, I believe you say this in your book too, mate, is a call. Like still make a call, still try and make that connection. And these days I'm inviting them for a Zoom meeting and I'm getting more yeses than noes these days. I just did one a few hours ago with with a prospect and happy to have a Zoom meeting. Didn't even give him the choice. As a coach, it's this kind of energy I want to portray and I know I can do that better in a Zoom meeting as well. So make sure that you've got a number of methods that you're outreaching. Video messaging has just become so such a valuable tool because your goal is to ultimately get the Zoom meeting, right? So I, you know, I get that. But use a number of different methods and map it out as you do in your book. And I certainly do as well. I get my clients to map out their 3M strategy over eight weeks, right? Like two months, you know, as you recommended. And, and it works. It really does. But map it out. Think about it now, plan it in advance. You can bring, you know, new target groups in at the beginning, right? So you can have four or five target groups going at once. So I'm a big fan of making sure you use different methods. What's the most unusual method that you're using? For me, video messaging of late has been, it's not so much even unusual now, it's becoming a little bit more of the norm. And I use, so I, I look, there's a, there's a number, like LinkedIn is, works well for me. Why? Because my target market lives on LinkedIn. If you're a banker and you're not on LinkedIn, what are you doing, right? So they live on LinkedIn. So I do a lot of outreach through LinkedIn. And so whether it's connections, whether it's messages, whether it's inviting them to an event, but I've been using the customized video message and my response rate has significantly increased. I, there's so many platforms, as you know, mate. I use Bonjoro. I know you had the Bonjoro CEO on one of your podcasts. Brilliant, mate. Well done. So I've been using that and a number of my bankers have started using it, but you know, they got to get confident. They got to go, okay, can I do this? Well, you can, you know, so get the motivation and the message right and now deliver it in front of a camera. So that's one that I've been using because bankers haven't been seeing it. And the last thing I'll say very quickly about that is I've had CEOs of banks, busy CEOs who get that video message and say, can you teach my staff how to do that? One of the great things, folks, especially in Mark and I's game, it, that we're sales coaches. So if we're, I'm using this prospecting cadence and I've had CEOs go, you know, I love the four touches as Mark calls them, touches over the last few weeks and then this last video on, can you teach my people how to do this? So just by 
following through or developing a prospecting cadence is it's helping with my credibility as it will any banker, any salesperson, because it shows that you're genuinely interested in helping a client. You're genuinely authentic. And a video message does that. What are some of the unusual ones you're using? So I'll come back to that. I'll share some different ones with you. But I love how you said it helps build your authority by reaching out, you know, over different channels and being persistent, you know, like I think we lose credibility if you send one email. And that's not just sales coaches, right? So if you're a professional, yeah, you get like in any sector, if you're a professional IT, professional business um, development for a banker, you know, a bank or selling printing, like, and if you're a professional and you know that you supply a real service for that particular customer and you give up after one, what does that say about your intent and your, and your desire to help people? Like not a lot, you know, when I had a client on the phone recently, we recorded his calls and he was ringing up and the guy was like, man, you're so persistent. And he goes, well, because I know it's going to make a big difference and I'm passionate about what I am myself. We helped three people just like you last week and they went, this, 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 this. And he goes, fine, let's go. And you could hear him give up because the guy was just so passionate, you know, and that turned into a really good engagement because that prospect was just saying, I don't have time. And of course, we know that that's a pretty reflex objection. It doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have time or that they're not interested. Uh, some of the things that I'm using now for high-value clients, customized landing pages. So you can use like this tool called Card, C-A-R-R-D.co, and you can literally make a personalized landing page for every client. If they're worth more than 10 grand a year, I think that's worthwhile doing. You know, And so it would be joemickleff.card.co would be the URL. It's got your photo on there. You put your contact details. It literally takes 10 or 15 minutes. You know, And then once you've built that site, you can then send that URL by different methods. So... You know, you could text message that, you could email it, you could video message it, you could, you know, you could send it right on a card and send it. Once you've built the architecture, but again, it doesn't take very much. I'm not a web designer, but you can use something like that. You can then drag people back to it. Uh, it's got really strong life. I think that's a, a strong way to, to get across to people that are of high value to you. Yeah. I've got a bunch of others as well, but I won't share them all here. It's all about you. So speaking of which, so we didn't get to talk about coaching, but I think that's going to provide us with an opportunity for the future. How can people get more of you? How do they get in contact? And what's the best way for them to learn about Joe Mikloff? Yeah, so first of all, just reach out on LinkedIn. Like, send me an invitation to connect. And then when you send me an invitation, make sure you put a note there that, uh, hey, I heard you speak to Mark McGuinness on the Boss podcast and I'd love to learn more. So uh, Joe Mikloff on LinkedIn. I've also got my own business, my own consulting business, and that's the website for that is growupsales.com, growupsales.com. So there's plenty of information there and plenty of contact details as well. So love to connect. And if you do have a challenge, if anybody out there has got a challenge, regardless of whether you're in the banking industry, and I work with banks all over the world, which is great, not just the Midwest and the US, but I'm working with a client in Canada and, and one in, in Australia at the moment, feel free to reach out. Let me know what your challenge is. And I'm happy to have a, a quick conversation about one or two simple strategies that can help you overcome those challenges. Joe, thanks for being on the Boss Podcast. Really appreciate it. Mate, appreciate you, Mark. Cheers, mate. How would you like an electronic copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth sent directly to you for free? You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. All you have to do is leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts as it would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us find more great guests in the future. And of course, the better the guests, the better the sales strategies that we get. The good news is it'll only take you about 60 seconds to do and you can probably access the review function directly from the device you're using right now to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it. 
simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email and I'll send you a copy of the book straight away. So that's it for this show. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.